The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. W229HE Atlanta, the most listened to sports station in the South. WCNN North Atlanta, a Dickey Broadcasting Station. The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Chuck and Chernoff rolling on here on 680 The Fan, 93.7 FM. Heath Klein, Dylan Short, in with Chuck today. A lot going on. A lot of talk about the Falcons, certainly, and what they're going to do as we close in on free agency starting on the 13th. Then you've got the draft as well. you got the combine coming up. Maybe we'll see somebody during the combine suddenly shoot to the head of the line. But all the talk about the guys that you're going to bring in from the outside, the people that might help you, that might change things, there's at least one member of the current team, the one of the new coaches, thinks, hey, we're going to do it from within. And specifically, it's Kyle Pitts. Now, look, we all understand Kyle Pitts. For what he was supposed to be, it has not worked out the way that anybody thought it would. The knee injury was certainly a part of that conversation, but it's not the only part of the conversation. There's more going on here. In the case of Kyle Pitts, the new coach, Kevin Coger, believes at the tight end position that he can be an asset to them in the run game. That's what he said. They're not just going to use Kyle Pitts as in like blocking as a receiver, or like handing the ball to him. That they're going to use him as a blocker. That they can oh, make no. him an effective player in the run game. A like rocket motion where they just hand him the ball, like the Brock Bowers thing. Uh again, I'm I, in I, for that. <laughs> if, <laughs> I'll if, do that. I saw that at Florida. If you want to give him the ball that way, I guess you know we we sort of saw them do something along those lines with CP. But no, no. The the gist here is the idea is that they are going to get him more involved in the running game, and more effective as a blocker. And there's where I genuinely wonder, Kevin Coger, new tight ends coach, are you speaking from your heart that you want to believe it's true because he's a big enough guy he could do it and he's a good enough athlete he could do it? Or have you actually watched the tape? Because if you've watched the tape, eh, let's just say it's not the kind of thing that makes you super optimistic about this. Uh, Specifically, Last year, Pro Football Focus graded Kyle Pitts's run blocking. There were 110 tight ends, gentlemen, who got graded by Pro Football Focus last year. Would you care to guess out of the 110 tight ends where Kyle Pitts's run blocking came in? 107. That that ain't why he's in Flowery Branch. The answer is 109. Oh, you were too kind. I, I was Dylan. too kind. But I mean, it's not shocking when you saw him at Florida. He was a wide receiver that you just lined up at tight end. When the Falcons drafted him, the idea was, hey, here is a big old six six four four running guy that we'll just chuck down the field to. Yeah, the Col- tight ends told- coach in the NFL knows way more than me or any of us. 
I think that this is the front office saying, make sure he gets a lot of snaps on the line of scrimmage. Make sure he gets a lot of snaps as a tight end. This guy's a tight end, not a wide receiver. Yeah, Coger told the Set Falcons up for that fifth year website, quote, end. we're not oblivious to the fact of his skill sets, what he does bring to the team from a receiving standpoint. So there are a lot of things you can do to be creative and use his skill set in the pass game. Yes, that's a correct answer. Do that. He goes, but with him and the way we're going to run the ball and the athleticism he does have, there are a lot of things he can do in the run game to help us out to win football games. Oh, boy. They want, I, they want to pay him $14 million instead of twenty two. I, I just, look, however you want to get him involved, you spent the fourth pick in the draft on him. Maximize your investment however you can. Yes. I agree with that. But if he thinks that they can get run game production because of Kyle Pitts blocking, man, that dude's going to earn his money as a coach if that's how they're going to get him That's not anywhere. Producing. Now, again, effort and if you do like i remember trey young i have my here was my goal for trey young defensively put some effort in no i was like make the guy pass the ball that was literally if you can make the opponent just pass the ball to somebody else you win with kyle pitts this is nowhere on my list of priorities for him i appreciate if he is hooked on the right tackles hip and suddenly he can wash that defensive end all the way down to the center bless you kyle pitts (laughs) He, that's not why he's there. He's there to rip it down the seam and turn a 25-yard pass reception into like a touchdown. And look, if you want reasons to be optimistic, the way that the Rams offense, which is what we assume you're going to see a semblance of here, the way that they've used a guy like Zach Higby shows you they can use formations and creativity and get a guy like Kyle Pitts into the open field to take advantage. And hey, if you do once in a while want to create a mismatch, line him up in the backfield and Maybe even give him a handoff once in a while so they respect the threat he could take a handoff. Falcons are taking but Brock also Bowers use, and confirmed. Also use him as somebody that could create a mismatch in the pass game. That's okay, too. But if they're really thinking, and again, it's tight ends coach. Who knows? It's not, not the OC saying this. But if they're thinking he could be a contributor in the blocking, I just would say there is a remarkable amount of faith being displayed there based on very little evidence to support it. I just don't I don't see where you look at anything that he's put on tape across anywhere at any level and think that that's his game. This was a guy that came into college as a wide receiver and they bumped him down to tight end as one of those there was that run uh who was the there was a Texas A&M player who was a uh Ricky Seals Jones was mm-hmm. the guy who, you know, big tall wide receiver but wasn't fast so they kicked him down to tight end and tried to exploit the matchups Jimmy Graham style. That's the entire goal of Kyle Pitts. And maybe you're right, Chuck, that this is just a case of, no, we want him labeled as a tight end, so we get to pay him about $10 million less. Joe Gibbs made the Hall of Fame, like all the way to Canton on the strength of using two, if not three, tight ends. He didn't have Kyle Pitts. Like, Joe Gibbs, more than anybody on earth, would preach to you, put that tight end on the tackle's hip. Um, if Joe Gibbs had Kyle Pitts... Joe Gibbs wouldn't have used tight ends. Like, I, I mean, I, there's no better thing to do with Kyle Pitts than split him out, get him in space, so that at his size and his speed, suddenly you have an advantage. If you get him where there's traffic, there's congestion, there's other guys that are bigger than him. They don't have to be faster if they're in confined quarters. All they have to do is kind of knock him off balance, and well, then the route's effed up. Um, that's real. That's like. What was it, uh, Kittle picking up Karloftis and giving him the body slam during the Super Bowl and, like, flexing over him? Love it. That's fantastic. That ain't why you're here, honestly. No, it's more like Travis Kelsey. Like, look when look at the way you see Travis Kelsey blocking. You know how long it took Travis Kelsey to just be okay at blocking? Remember when, do you remember okay when Travis was at okay. Cincinnati? Do you remember his first contract when he was the first tight end that was arguing, no, I'm a wide receiver because you split me out wide? That was the idea with Kyle Pitts. Uh, this is my same problem with Arthur Smith. Don't outthink things. Just no, do what the guy he, does well. In in space, it works with him better than it works in congestion. Just use him as crack blocks on linebackers, I guess. They, the uh, 4 o'clock hour is presented by Entry Point Doors and Windows, Atlanta's local expert for entry doors and windows. They're Atlanta's best for a reason. Go to entrypointatlanta.com for a free estimate. Dylan, you have got Brock Bowers on the brain. You mentioned him a minute ago, and so... Uh, you are not believing maybe that losing Bowers is going to be as big an issue for the dogs as some people think. No, and and don't get me wrong. Bowers is a short-list player at Georgia, one of the most talented players I've seen from the time he stepped on to the time he's leaving campus. But where this is going to look different for dogs is is you could notice this last year, any year that, that Brock Bowers was on campus, 
whether Brock was in the game or not, whether he was getting touches or not, the offense didn't look any different. This is this goes to why the wide receivers stay for a year or two and then go. If it's A.D. Mitchell staying for a couple years on campus, going to Texas or whoever. The Georgia offense is predicated. This is why the SEC championship game bothered me so, so much. The Georgia offense in particular is designed to take advantage of whoever is getting single coverage. If it's if you've got a double on a tight end, you've got a double on a wide receiver, well, there's two or three other wide receivers that have a one-man matchup. Oscar Delp is, is a very, very talented tight end. He's not Brock Bowers. But the offense is not going to need what they got from Brock Bowers to still be a top flight offense, because I think they're going to see an uptick across the board from other positions. I think the run blocking will be better this year than it was last year. At times last year, it was frankly subpar, especially if you're trying to run between the tackles. Georgia was not good running between the tackles last year and unacceptably bad for them. Wide receiver wise, they still have seven different guys that they can target as a wide receiver. They're going to fill that void. Ben Urasek coming in from Stanford, Lawson Lucky, Pierce Sperlin, the amount of weapons they have, Carson Beck, as crazy as it sounds to say, there's not going to be very many times that you look at Georgia's offense and you're going to find yourself saying, dang, I wish we still had Brock Bowers. Just how I see it. All right. A um, lot there because you're right. I mean, I saw A.J. Green make a catch against Vanderbilt and then also one, I think, against Colorado. I was like, oh, my God, is the best they'll ever have there. And I might have said that against Champ Bailey about Champ Bailey, and he didn't even play offense. Um, and then I said it about Brock Bowers. So, like, special kids do get replaced. Even an A.J. Green, two or three kids later, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah A.J. So, all-time great special kids, they get replaced. Brock was special and different, and he was – this is what I always talk about. This is even a limited quarterback and a limited O.C., whatever – when it's man coverage, there's one thing it does. It makes it makes it easy, at least decision-wise. Where's my best guy? I'm throwing it to him. Like, if nothing else against man coverage, you know you have that. Well, you could double Brock. Auburn did that in the third quarter. And they were like, all right, where's 19? I'm throwing it to him. Anytime they had to make a play, the second half against South Carolina, I have to make some plays, where's 19? Um, he was the guy on a roster loaded with future NFL players. He was so he was different. And when you have those guys, you use AJ while you got him, you use Champ when you had him, you use Heinz Ward. Brock was different, man. Well, we were just talking about the idea of maybe handing Kyle Pitts the ball and you are kind of like, eh, about it. They literally did that. They handed Brock Bowers the ball on just a end around and boom, he's gone. I mean, I, I'm sitting there in Columbia, South Carolina, in the press box watching that game, and it's just like they're they're toying with the game cocks. It's like, yeah. Hey, what, what do you see? What else he can do? Here's something you maybe that's, didn't and know. And that's the thing with Brock. Like, he is a cheat code player. But the things that you would do, the end-around handoffs to Brock Bowers, the throwing to him in double and triple coverage, those aren't things that Georgia necessarily wants their quarterbacks to do. The only reason that you were able to do that is because it's Brock. They'll find other successful things the, to do, other successful plays, and other successful players to throw it to. I'm just saying that when you have the one guy that game after game after game – when a team like Georgia that went undefeated in the regular season, that team went, where's Brock? Um, that was that was it. I mean, they lost Ladd McConkey. Nobody talked about them losing games. They should have because when, Ladd and Brock didn't play together well, at all. I was saying, when Ladd was going to miss time, it wasn't much of a discussion point that it may cost him a game. Remember when Brock, he might miss the Tennessee game? Oh, hell, we may lose. Like, he was just what one, and they'll do other stuff. He was different. Quickly, let's just hear from Matt Miller. He's one of the ESPN draft guru types. This is him on who he thinks maybe Bowers compares to in the NFL. Brock Bowers is a George Kittle clone. No, he's not the biggest tight end at six foot four, probably around 230 pounds, but he does it all for Georgia. He played tight end. He played in the slot. He even went in the backfield and played running back for the Bulldogs over the last two years. A little bit banged up this past year, but Bowers is exactly where the NFL is going with that Sam Laporta, George Kittle type of tight end. So, obviously, some nice words there from Miller about him. You can actually hear more from Matt Miller. He's going to be on here on Chuck and Chernoff coming up at 3.30 on Monday. Again, Bowers, the only question with Bowers is when is someone, and maybe the Kyle Pitts saga is part of why they'll be a little reluctant to pull the trigger early, but when is someone going to say, all right, the value's too high, I'm just going to take him. And he feels like the kind of guy that when he gets drafted, 
some coach is going to take him that everybody in the league says, oh, crap, how did we let that guy get that guy? And and we'll see where he winds up, but he's going to do real well. He and, seems like the easiest surefire hit from any of the first-round players. Yeah, it's hard to imagine a scenario barring major injuries where he doesn't have big success. Coming up, well, just because it's in the game doesn't mean it absolutely has to be in the game or feature prominently. Chuck's got some video game thoughts coming up here on 6A The Fan, 93.7 FM. The 4 p.m. hour is presented by Entry Point Doors and Windows, Atlanta's local expert for entry doors and windows. They're Atlanta's best for a reason. Go to entrypointatlanta.com for a free estimate. The Fan is the only station in Atlanta live from spring training in Northport. With exclusive coverage driven by Subaru of Gwinnett. Stream our content in every game on the 680 The Fan app. Just a few weeks away. That's right. Coming up on Thursday, March 21st, Chuck and Chernoff returns to one of our homes away from home. Talking Harris, Cherokee and Cherokee, North Carolina. Now, we've been going there as well as Harris Valley River about an hour away in Murphy. Past few years since we helped cut the ribbon on the Caesar Sportsbook at Harris, Cherokee back March 2021. Ever since then, been going both locations, having a blast because it's live on-site collegiate and pro sports wagering that doesn't include driving to the airport, parking, TSA, four-and-a-half-hour flight, none of that, and then you lose Sunday coming back. You don't lose anything. You can get in your car right now, be at either location in Harris in two to two-and-a-half hours, park, you're walking out on the casino floor, and that means dice, cards, restaurants, spa, golf, Great accommodations, all that, as well as the Caesar Sportsbook for live on-site collegiate and pro sports wagering in North Carolina. The easy drive. Make it. Get your reservations online. HarrisCherokee.com. Four twenty here on six eighty the fan nine three seven FM. It's Chuck and Chernoff, Heath Klein, Dylan Short in with Chuck today. Thank you for hanging out with us here for the rest of the afternoon. We appreciate that imminently. We're talking like fifteen minutes from now. There's going to be a college football today. Yeah, Chuck's been working on those teases. Chuck, what will that be about? Oh, hang on. Yeah, I'm gonna go up. Um, this was my fault. Yeah, I distracted. I lost my place. UTEP. It's going to be about the UTEP deep snappers, folks. Make no, sure you stay tuned people. in for we're that. We're losing people. Yeah, it's not on that. No, um, <laughs> I'll find it. I would take that. By the way, <laughs> I would love it. a CFT on the UTEP long snapper. All right, so there you go. Fifteen minutes from now, Chuck will find it. The college football today sounds like it's going to be a doozy. Tough to follow that up, but let's let's see. Hell of a tease. It's got people on the edge, hey, man. I am waiting for it. Let's just see what Chuck can do with that. However, there's another one. This is a little bit more serious, but I did want to get into this for a minute. Uh, this is something also from the world of college football that is kind of a messed up story. It involves a young man who was being recruited as recently as this week by basically all the big shot teams in college football. You're talking about a guy who had visits scheduled at, in addition to Texas and Texas A&M. Uh, he had Ohio State. He had Southern Cal. He had Alabama. This was a kid who had uh, big opportunities. And now, at least in the case of Texas and Texas A&M, he doesn't. And the reason is because the player in question, four-star defensive lineman, playing at a high-profile school in Texas, decided, along with someone else, that it would be a funny thing to do, apparently, to rub peanuts inside a teammate's jersey, put peanuts in his locker. As you might be guessing, this wasn't just because they had you know, been to one of the steak places where you can grab a whole bunch of them just for fun. No, uh, their teammate had a peanut allergy. And literally two days before, they had asked him, if you are exposed to peanuts, could you die? And he said, yeah, These absolutely. nuts. And, well, they decided, let's, let's do a scientific experiment and find out, shall we? And so, literally, they, they put peanuts inside this guy's locker, inside his jersey, rub peanut dust, dust in there. Fortunately, the kid in question, uh, he, he realized he was getting hives, saw the nuts, realized there was a problem. These nuts. And so, as a result, it didn't lead to a major health crisis. However, the reporting has gotten out. Local TVs reported on this. And Texas and A&M have reportedly said, yeah, you know what? No, we're, 
we're going to back away on this one. We're not going to stay involved with somebody who has this track record of basically bullying a teammate. Now, uh, the question here is, how severe should the punishment be for something like this? You're talking about a guy who, again, has a potentially bright future who did something really stupid. I but, don't think it was the first time. I know the story you're referencing. I think I think other teammates in this guy had already done that before to this kid, and then he and another decided we're going to go for round two on this, and that's kind of why that offer got pulled. This That's not a joking matter. It's really not. Like, there's levels of, like, listen, if, if you've ever been in a locker room, you understand. Like, there's – you mess with people in ways that you would not mess with them outside of the locker room. It just is what it is. It's just how it goes. That's a different level. When you start crossing that threshold into, no, this guy could die if this happens. And and you had the knowledge. You had the. You specifically asked him, and he told you, no, I could die. And then to go with it being like peanut dust, like that's not even just a ha-ha, you see a peanut there. That's a no. Let's see if we can get him to put this stuff on and see what happens. So, no, I'm with Texas, and I'm with Texas A&M. Pulling the offer is the very least of what could happen on this. This would, this should, this should, and I, I know 18-year-old kid, he's dumb. We all did dumb things when we were 18. This is a level beyond that. Yeah, it was reported by Anwar Richardson, who covers Texas for the uh, website orangebloods.com. Quote, I was told by multiple sources Texas is no longer recruiting Lake Travis defensive lineman Gus Cordova. Sark and staff were unaware of the allegations surrounding Cordova before offering him a scholarship. Since being made aware, Texas has backed off. And again, reportedly A&M has too. So, I mean, Chuck, we know there are players who have committed sexual assault. There are players who have even been involved in murders that have gotten chances at college football. Where on the grand scale of things does somebody potentially getting a guy killed? Uh, Where does that fall What does a dude like this who clearly did something inappropriate and frankly evil? You got to make sure it's not pathological. Where, where, how does a guy like that quote unquote rehab his image? Like, where do you go for that? Um, Not to a place that has access to five star recruits. And that's where this will fall, just like anything else. Um, What pro team in any sport is willing to take? a chance on a guy who hit his wife or used drugs uh, to whatever extent. Um, the team that probably isn't coming off the Super Bowl because they don't have to. Texas and Texas A&M, they can be a little more flat-footed about this. They can be a little more rigid in their back. San Jose State, look, we talked to this kid. and I mean, Jeffrey Simmons, there's a video. He hit a girl 17 times in a parking lot. Dan Mullen, who, uh, let's see, what was the last time I had a five-star defensive lineman? It's like, look, if y'all knew Jeffrey. Um, And so Jeffrey Simmons was in school and was a model student and model community member and model football player, and now he's a model adult in the NFL getting paid a model contract. Uh, He's fantastic. Um, But the reason he did all that at Mississippi State instead of another school is because Mississippi State doesn't have access to Jeffrey Simmons very often. Like, he will fall into a school that doesn't have access to him very much. I'm just curious, does he wind up needing to get away from Texas? Because in the state of Texas, all jokes about UTEP deep snappers, you know, UTEP, Texas State, you've got some programs, North Texas. Houston. That would make some sense as a, a theoretical rehab program. On the other hand, he might be better off being somewhere nowhere near Texas where somebody's got to do some digging, maybe somewhere a little bit more obscure, you know, maybe a place like Florida Atlantic, where there's like one person who covers their team anyway, maybe that's a place you could just sort of low profile try and and rebuild the image here. I, I am curious too, though, because you guys know we've all been around college football fans enough to know that there are people, no matter what a guy's accused of, that immediately, oh, you think we could we could get him? I mean, you know, we'd have to say he's going to rehab, or we'd have to say, hey, he's on a strict regimen of not being allowed out of his room except for the games. We literally wheel him into the games like Hannibal Lecter in the full get-up and let him loose on the field and then put him right back in his pen. But, man, he could get after the passer. There's always some fans that are willing to do that. And, and then you combine that with the climate we have where you've got some people who are just peanut allergy. Oh, yeah, right. I know how tough I was when I was a kid, and I didn't have a problem with peanuts. You, know, you, you just have that mindset out there. Anyone who has a kid with a peanut allergy will come across the table and choke you if you say that to them. But there's enough people who take that mindset. Yep. I, I just wonder whether or not oh. you're going to have at least some fan bases that are like, 
Go get this guy. Oh, they're 100% will be. Sure they will. And here's what I'm hoping. The kid's 17 or 18, and boy, did he learn. Now, he could have learned through the death of a classmate. Eh, it didn't happen that way. Could have. Could have. Um, but you're right. I remember the first time, like, I don't know, the first 20 times I heard high ankle sprain. What's a high ankle sprain? Huh? What? Um, and you're right. Different day. Different level of understanding. Um that's you got to make sure that's not pathological with the kid though, because it was, it wasn't a funny thing. They didn't put like a giant oversized like the gallon jug of planters that was still sealed, but just put it in his locker as a joke. Ah, you're scared of peanuts. It was supposed to be undetectable to some degree, Which so they feels, could see the outcome. Exactly, that feels a lot like I'm aiming to see just how bad this outcome actually gets. Yeah, like you don't see an 18-year-old do the magnifying glass on the ants. Like, you're, you're beyond that, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I don't do anything like No, not at all as an adult. So, All, all kidding aside, obviously, we do not endorse anybody using uh, micro uh, or, or, or magnifying glasses on ants. Do oh, not do that, out, that's, yeah, a, that's a terrible idea. That, do not do that. Um, I, I like I say, I'm just curious to see where it goes for this guy, because the other problem is if you bring someone to campus, for example, who has been accused of a sexual assault, even if maybe they beat the charges legally, if they come to your campus and then are accused of sexual assault again, it will be on you. And it should be. What are point. the odds that you're going to have a repeat performance of someone oh. with a peanut allergy like this guy is stalking people on campus and trying to smear them with GIF? Probably not. So your chances of a repeat performance of this specific offense are not very good. But at the same time, do you want to bring a guy who is a certifiably bad dude? If you think he'll help you win, the answer is yes. If you think he will help you with our moral flexibility goes as far as Tennessee fans painting a rock. Craig Schiano was around things that happened. Paint the rock. I don't want him. But you take Jeremy Pruitt. Apparently, if anything that was warm and didn't put up a struggle in Tallahassee, Urban uh, Meyer. I mean, there mm. are all kinds of, you know, but he would help us win. Why did Tennessee fans not freak out over Pruitt versus Giano? Because they thought Pruitt would help them win. That's what it's all about. You got Washington Capitals fans right now cheering over uh, Alexander Ovechkin. You know why? Because he wins. Thinks he can help us win. Um, it doesn't matter. Ohio State fans, Maurice Claret, he gave me a national championship, by God. So Maurice Claret in CBUS, he'll always be the man. Uh, it's based on if you will help me win suddenly what you did or what you might do in the future. I'll suspend that. Let's get some dubs. Let's see where the moral flexibility goes for some folks. All right, Chuck. Do you want the tease? Have you have you found the tease or even maybe the actual CFT? The reality of 1A. Oh, do you want the actual CFT or do you want the tease first? Why don't you do the tease, then we'll play the open, then you can do the CFT. The reality of 1ACC half program versus what all of us still think. Chuck Oliver's College Football Today. Got the beta king. Presented by Roof It Forward. When your roof needs to be repaired or replaced, call the roofing company that supports Camp Sunshine. Together, we can roof it forward. What's on top of your house? Well, you got an issue up there. It needs to be roofed forward. Roof proper, chimney, skylight. Doesn't matter. Get them out there, man. They're the best in the business. Uh, all right, so... Looking over some stuff ahead of spring practice for various and Sunday programs. And I always talk about the lag that if we are a fan of our particular school, um, alma mater, whatever it is, or maybe just a place, you know, we've always been fans of growing up. We know way, way, way more about that than even like a really deep dive college football fan or even a media member. There's always a lag in the perception once it starts to change that, this is uh, what this coach produces every single year. This is the type of program you can count on. With NC State, I've known what Dave Doran's game is. All right? Going to be really tough, really salty, both lines of scrimmage. Uh, there's a certain way they're going to play on offense, and part of that is four yards and a pint of blood, and here we come. Um, I watch a lot of football, and I've watched a lot of NC State. I was a little surprised. Everything looks worse in black and white. NC State two years ago, they were 12th in the ACC in rushing. They were 10th last year. Now, Dave Doran, you have no other way to address this except you got to get better on the offensive line. 
He's actually taking a couple of other steps. He got a transfer running back. You probably don't know from Oklahoma. That's fine. He got one you may know from Duke, Jordan Waters, who was the guy that when he was healthy, Riley Leonard and Jordan Waters together when they were healthy, that offense looked like a little something different uh, in Durham. And he's at NC State now, but it really is going to be Grayson McCall in the ground game as well. So not as much of an overhaul necessarily on the offensive line, marquee-wise, as at quarterback and running back. Um, but whatever we're thinking about Dave Doran, it's it's a different game in Raleigh, and it has been for a few seasons. Chuck Oliver's College Football Today, presented by Roof It Forward on the College Football Voice of the South, The Fan. So with some great fanfare, the EA Sports video EA game Sports. is coming game. back. That means a lot of excitement. You've had all through the day-to-day different players announcing Hey, I'm in the game. Bunch of them have already jumped in. Remember, the players now have a choice. If they don't want to be in the game, they don't have to be. But if they choose to be in the game, then college football players get $600 in NIL money as well as a copy of the game it's itself. In the game. And Chuck is fired up about the return of the video game, but at the same time, you don't want them to go completely overboard. Like, just because you could put everything in the game doesn't mean you have to. Yeah, in the game. That was always EA Sports. If it's in the game, it's in our game as well. So, it's in the game. Thank you. Um, here is the truth about games. Games are supposed to be fun. Managing name, image, likeness, not fun. Um, in fact, it's so not fun that it's driving coaches in real life away from this actual profession that you get to go into a digital version and start to simulate. So if in real life coaches are looking at managing name, image, likeness and deciding that's so not fun that I'm going to walk away from this version of the sport, I need EA Sports to leave name, image, likeness as an option, like something you can turn off completely. Um, And if you want an example of this, I'm about as big a nerd as you can be when it comes to I was the guy, and by the way, I'm talking to so many other people right now. You had that spiral-bound notebook, and you were projecting the Falcons draft like three years down the road, and you had the whole death chart laid out, and all right, now we're going to be on a Super Bowl run. Um, Nothing like organizing and getting ready and planning. Well, in 2008, EA Sports debuted a game. I don't know if you all remember this. EA Sports NFL head coach had Bill Cowher on the cover. Couldn't get it fast enough. It went on sale. I'm at Walmart and Tucker. I got it. Ready to play some EA Sports NFL head coach. It was available, same as all the other games, as a standalone purchase. 2009, if you bought Madden, you got NFL head coach bundled around (laughs) it. 2010 edition, there was no 2010 edition because the game was like taking on a second and third job, one that you didn't fully understand. And I kind of like football, and I was like, I don't like this game. EA Sports, apparently, that was pretty consistent because they stopped making it. After the first year, they would have stopped making it. The story is they had already printed so many copies. They are like, well, we got to get them away. Just shrink wrap them around the Madden, and, and you get both of them. I'm asking EA Sports, please don't make this game unfun. Give me the option to turn off name, image, likeness. That's all I'm after. These guys are excited about it. They want to be in it. And I, I just found it funny. There's a group that calls – I say a group. It might literally be one guy that is called the College Football Players Association. That sounds really official. That sounds like, oh, you know, this is a union and they've got to vote. and They represent – no, no, no. It's none of that. It's one guy in particular that's been beating the drums for the idea that he's going to be the union organizer of college football for more than a decade. They put out a thing saying that college football players are, quote, being treated like children – with this offer, that the players should turn it down, that they should demand royalties and so forth, which, again, up to them. You don't have to be in the game. If you don't want to be, that's fine. But the part that I find hilarious about this is that this guy or guys, whatever, that are trying to be this union have no clue what the people they're purporting to represent care about. These guys want to be in the game. They're excited about the idea that they're going to be in the game. There are literally players that part of why people know them is because they play with them in the game. I was seeing this today on social media. It's a perfect example. Jalen Daniels, the quarterback of Kansas, 
is going to be a blast to play in this game. Not Jaden. No, his brother Jalen, who is Jaylen, also fantastic. Fantastic, absolutely. The Kansas offense is a lot of fun. He's a spectacular talent. I don't know if he's an NFL talent. We'll see about that. But I guarantee you this, five years from now, there's going to be people who are still saying, oh, I was a king with Jalen. I won a national title with Jalen Daniels, a quarterback, and Kansas in the college football video game. That's its own thing, man. And the fact that they don't get that these kids are excited about the idea, I could play with a video game character that's me, that they're like, no, you should hold out for percentage points. Yeah, okay, sure. Great great advice, guys. Yeah, also, shut up. I'm trying to play college football games again, okay? Don't take this away from me. I've gone without it forever, and it, okay? And, and simply having it again, I understand that's a lot of times supposed to be the carrot that gets you overly excited, so you sign a bad deal. But this back in the day, it was Tim Tebow, and he would say, Wait a minute, there's a guy wearing a Florida uniform. He's left-handed. He's plays quarterback. He wears number 15. And EA was like, that's not you. Yeah, but nobody also that cared. really isn't you. Okay, Tim Tebow cared. Everybody else is just playing dynasty Ed, mode, Ed man. O, Ed O'Banion cared enough that he, the former UCLA player, basketball player, if you don't, short story, at a friend's house, the friend's kid is playing EA Sports College basketball. Ed O'Banion's like, is that me? And the guy's like, oh, no, 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 It's just this anonymous player that's just like you. Um, and that started all of this. And so then we lost the game for 10 years. So, yes, Heath, be happy we have the game and you're getting a copy in 600 bones. Well, beyond that, though, look, if you're, say, Carson Beck, and for whatever reason you get advice that, no, you should get a bigger share. Well, you might because just because every player is getting 600, some guys are getting more. Yep. So a Carson Beck could do a deal for more money. But if you're a dog fan and you haven't had a chance to play with Georgia in the video game in more than a decade, if it's Carson Beck, if it's someone else that you created yourself, if it's just an anonymous dude who is supposedly 6'3 and has an okay arm, you're not going to give a crap because you're going to want to play the game. The fight songs, the stadium, what does it all look like? Fowler and Herb Street doing the commentary. That's what the game's about. There is not one player in college football, not a single one that will make or break this game by being in it. There's not one guy that's that dominant a player, that much of a popular figure, that they would change the game. And in most years, there might at most be one. So I'm sorry, this idea that I'll hold out for more, it's just stupid. Do y'all recall Barry Bonds, part of his deal, he withdrew from the players? Yeah, he was John O'Dowd, John Dowd in the MLB The Show games. So when MLB The Show came out because he wasn't part of the players' union, Barry Bonds, as he was approaching the home run record, thought he was going to sell his own personalized memorabilia. And he didn't want just a licensing fee. He wanted 100% of it. So he withdrew from the Players Association. And so when the game came out, they were like, yeah, we ain't got a Barry Bonds in the game. It didn't slow down sales one bit. Look, man, I'm trying to take Valdosta State to a national championship, okay? Let me do my thing. All right. We will see what happens. Uh, The various teams will win championships on the video game in the next year aside. It's in the game. We go back to the real world and have the Crimson Tide already started to slide. We'll talk about that. Straight ahead here on 6A, the fan, 93.7 FM. Chuck and Chernoff, Heath Klein, Dylan Short in for Matt, hanging out with Chuck today. And as you just heard from DT there, yeah, the uh, the court has ruled, at least for now, that there is an injunction, preliminary injunction, that means that for all practical purposes, the NCAA can just stop pretending it can enforce almost anything. Oh, Florida State's feeling punk now. I mean, this, wait a minute. We agreed to a penalty. This does not end the investigation of Tennessee that is going on. It doesn't do that. But uh, the argument here, once again, is simple. It's antitrust based. Uh, the NCAA's position was you can't negotiate as a recruit with a collective because, in effect, the collective is boosters and this is a recruiting incentive and that's not allowed. So, in theory, if you're a say, star quarterback that's coming to Knoxville and is interested in going there, uh, you could talk to the school and be told, oh, yeah, yeah, our collective takes great care of people that enroll here. But for them to say, oh, we'll give you $1.8 million, well, that, that would be an incentive to enroll at Tennessee, and that's just not allowed. And the argument that got made by the Tennessee Attorney General joined by Virginia's Attorney General was, 
how exactly is someone supposed to, in the market, negotiate what his value is if he's not allowed to negotiate until he gets on campus? And so the judge has bought that argument, and uh, it's no surprise the judge had previously indicated he would likely, at some point, whenever he ruled, he didn't grant a temporary restraining order, but he basically said, you guys are going to lose again, because that is literally all you do in CAA is catch L after L after L, and here comes they another one. They have been getting shabby results in the courts, yes. And, and now here it is. Uh, it says, quote, in an apparent attempt to prohibit recruiting inducements, the NCAA issued guidance clarifying NIL collectors as boosters to prevent them from negotiating with student-athletes during the recruiting and transfer processes. The NCAA's prohibition likely violates federal antitrust law and harms student-athletes. Accordingly, blah, 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 injunction. I mean, they, they literally got told in the Supreme Court by Brett Kavanaugh as part of a 9-0 decision, everything you do is illegal. Your whole business model is illegal. Nobody else is allowed to say, for example, hey, we don't pay our yard people because we think that it enhances the experience of your yard being done by someone doing it for free in a way that people wouldn't enjoy their yard being done as much if they gave the guy 50 bucks. You can't do that. You can't say as a neighborhood, we don't pay our lawn people. So you can't say, well, our business is defined by the fact we don't pay our employees. You can't do that. And here we are. It's 2024, and the NCAA keeps trying versions of, but what if we did? I, I don't know how much longer this organization is well, going to exist. We, we did it before. The, the the scenario I laid out yesterday, and it's just a scenario, something could happen, is one possible path that if you go back and look like the Cleveland Browns, they never won a Super Bowl. Didn't they win a bunch of titles in something called the American Association of Football, AAFC something or other? Something happened. Uh, they they won. And then they changed leagues. Uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide doesn't have to always be in the Southeastern Conference. They don't always have to play football for the NCAA. So the NCAA, all these theoretical things about what could happen and secession and start our own thing and the autonomy. Remember Mike's live said, if you don't give us more autonomy, we may just do our own thing. Like we'll create a division three. He actually used the phrase says, we won't be division one or two. He said, because we're not going to usurp what you do. We're in Division Three. We're going to be the next thing. Um, they could do that, absolutely. I just I find it hilarious that they, even this week, were worried about something as basic as they put out new guidelines to let people know you can't decorate a recruit's hotel room. You can still give the recruit the things you would have put in the hotel room, but you have to give them to the recruit in the lobby. If you actually go into the hotel room and lay out the cookie cake and put out the bouquet for mom and, I don't know, whatever other things you want to do to jazz up the room, that is no longer allowed. The cookie cake must be handed off in the lobby. That is what the NCAA thinks at the moment they are capable of enforcing. And if somebody can figure out a nickel in it, some attorney is going to say, well, they could decorate anybody else's hotel room if they want to. This is a violation of my client. Yeah, that'd my be Thomas Mars. Uh, my client's rights <laughs> to his cookie cake being delivered on the seventh floor as opposed the to the NCAA, lobby. The NCAA, all they want is to go back to how it was, where they got like 11.3% of the money to administer. Because here's the thing. Some number of humans are needed to administer the championships and to decide what testing will be for academics. And, like, somebody has to administer this. I think we're real close to, like, a couple of conferences saying, yeah, we think we can administer it. Like, why did the Big Ten and the SEC just become BFF? Said, we need to join together so that we can come up with answers for everybody's problems in college football. Yeah, they're going to come up with answers that result in the Big Ten and the SEC kind of being their own thing. Yeah, we'll see where this goes, but as usual for the NCAA, when it goes to court, it goes very poorly. They still are hoping Congress will bail them out, but there's no sign at no. all this that is that's happening. This is one of those happening. things for so. me, too. I'm just like, I, 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 just, I, don't necess- I don't want college football to get to that point. Like I don't want to get to a world where it's just the SEC and the Big Ten. Like I like college football the way it is. I just need the NCAA to not suck, and unfortunately, it's a very low bar. I, I have not set the bar for them let very let highly. Me ask you, let me ask you a question, then, and... Heath, you jump in, too. I'm going to try to pick, like, Colorado State. Would you agree Colorado State punching up? They do about the best. They may be 
they're the either the last job you're willing to take or they're the top of the jobs that you can get. Like, I think they're a dividing point. How much attraction to the playoffs, how much attraction to the overall college football experience does Colorado State bring? Zero. Okay. How much of the money do they get? Some. Zero. No, they get some. They get they get their conference gets some, and then each of the schools in the conference gets some. This playoff, this bonanza of money, you just said Colorado State, which to me, really good program. They bring nothing to the overall audience of an enjoyment and fervor and everything else with college football and the new playoffs, but they do get some of the money. When the plan comes where the folks who are actually bringing all the value don't have to give any of the money to Colorado State and Marshall and Tulane and San Jose and Wazoo and Oregon State and almost everybody in the ACC. Do you know what the real kick in the pants is? I mean, like a folding chair off the top rope over SMU. They go nine years without media money, and there's no ACC left to still be in. Like, they're going to go without any TV revenue, and then it's going to be the big two, and they're still going to get left out. Like, that's on the table for the for the Mustangs. It very much is. It's going to be a tough way to go. Dylan, I know you had a thought on Bama you wanted to get to, so I don't want to deprive you of the chance to do that with the breaking news there. Gump? I'm not sure if I'm overreacting, if maybe this is wish casting a little bit, because as a Georgia fan, uh, one team has kind of stood directly in my team's way for like the entirety of my life, and that's been Alabama. Things have not gone well for them in the Kalen DeBoer era, which is a little bit of a shame because I think Kalen DeBoer can coach. I think he is a really, really good head coach. And I think Alabama got about as good of a head coach as they could have gotten to follow Nick Saban. Now, unfortunately for Alabama and for Alabama fans, it has been a steady stream of how can things possibly keep getting worse from Nick Saban not announcing and not waiting to announce that he was hanging it up until after kids had already decided that they were going to go to Alabama, and that made a lot of people very upset, open up the floodgates there. Then you have Ryan Grubb, who comes over and says, yeah, I'm going to be your OC, and then right literally like the day after the 30-day transfer window closes, uh, psych, I'm going to the NFL. I'm going to go be an offensive coordinator in the NFL because now I don't have to deal with the college stuff. So now even more people are upset at Alabama. I wonder if we're looking at this and we're kind of, I don't want to project onto you guys here, but maybe hoping that there's a fall for Alabama so that somebody else takes that spot and you get a little bit of new blood because there's nothing worse than a dynasty that just never goes away. You always want to see, unless it's your team, you always want to see the next one up and coming. But it does look to me that Alabama's run at the top might be done. They're still going to get good players. DeBoer is still a good coach. But at this point in time, at least my perception of them, all right. I kind of think they're in that next tier. There's supposed to be so many obvious things. Well, of course they're going to fall off. Of course they will. Saban and all these other things. Of course, Dylan, of course. Here's the thing. And part of the one of those of course statements was because OU and Texas are coming in. Oklahoma and Texas coming in. I look over at Georgia. I'm like, I don't think it affects them at all. It's a different pair of really good opponents. But overall, for Georgia's experience, I think it does affect Bama's experience, Texas and OU showing up. Where Bama was as recently as probably 2021, I wouldn't have expected it to affect their experience. So you're right at the insanely impossible level to reach, much less maintain. Yeah, they're they're gettable. They're more gettable. They look more gettable than they've been. The thing that changes for Alabama is simple. They are behind. Even Saban was saying, we're behind on NIL. And the reason they were behind is because there were some dudes who just said, I want to play for that guy. I don't want to play for Alabama. I want to play for that guy. Alabama's fine, but Alabama by itself is not that different than all these other quality programs. What made them different was that guy. Well, that guy's not there. And maybe one day, Kalen DeBoer, if he has enough success, maybe he could be that guy for somebody five years, ten years from now. But right now, if you're going somewhere, you're saying, I want to play for that guy. It's Kirby Smart now with Saban off the board. There's not another coach in the SEC, even guys who've shown they're good coaches elsewhere like a Brian Kelly. Nobody else has that level of personal credibility that a couple of rings on your hand, dudes to the NFL every year, knows how to relate to players. Nobody has what Kirby Smart has right now. And Kirby Smart, great as he is, was still not at the level that Nick Saban was of, I'll take less money 
to go play for that guy. Entering year seven at Texas A&M, Jimbo was supposed to be that guy. Allegedly, yeah. He was supposed but to. He's but he's not there anymore. Like Jimbo, he had a, like everybody, that, he was the guy. He was going to take over Alabama and he would, Sumlin teased us, but, and Jimbo's fired and collecting 75 so, mil. And, and my overall point is this. When is the last time at large, not you personally, because there've been a couple of years where I've looked at some Bama rosters in the last two or three years. I've said, this is not, this is not Alabama, the way we're used to seeing Alabama. And it's not a coincidence that it coincides with the rise of Kirby smart in Georgia, very similar programs. But when's the last time that you could have honestly looked and pulled around the country and said, Alabama might be the fourth best team. They might be the fifth or sixth best team in the sec next year. And if that's the case next year, how much longer okay. do you go before it's prove it to me? Again? You're right. I'll say that, and and I could. I can come up with this team, and then Texas, and then this other team, and so they're fourth, maybe. I think I also was saying that after the South Florida win, like they had already dropped the game to Texas, and then they looked like a steaming pile in Tampa. And I came on. I was like, they could lose three or four games this year. Well, no, they didn't. They won all of the games, and then they lost to Michigan. So that's. We want to jump the gun sometimes, and that was seeing three games last year. Um, I need to I need to see how this starts to look with him. One thing we can all agree on, Saban did an amazing job getting that team where they got this year, even though they didn't win the playoff game, getting them to the point where after that USF debacle, they were good enough to be in an overtime playoff game and be SEC champs. It was an amazing coaching job. Can a guy like DeBoer get the talent in quick enough to, even if he does an equally good job, Get them there. Yeah, it's a stretch. It's going to be hard to do. Hey, coming up, we're going to tell you how a stupid decision has influenced one of the newest Braves. That is straight ahead here on 680 The Fan. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Georgia. 